0: Hey, folks! This is uh, this is exciting for me. Welcome to the first episode of For the Lads, the newest podcast on the Untitled Uticast Podcasting Network. I am here with my good friend Kevin Sullivan. Hi, Kevin. Am I here for this part? Yeah, you can be here for this part. Here I am. Uh, so, yeah, I just want to give you a quick rundown of what you're we're getting into here. Uh, going forward, I'd like to start doing more podcasts about singular, more niche subjects. Specifically, this podcast. For the lads, hashtag for the lads, uh, is going to be about my, uh, my depraved love of sports, specifically the NBA, baseball, soccer, uh, occasionally football, and golf sometimes, even though I'm a bad golfer. Um, we should
1: just lie and tell them we're going to do all the sports all the time, so all the sports fans too. in. Uh,
0: well, it's true. We are going to cover a wide range of sports, and that's important to know for anyone who is interested in becoming a correspondent, specifically for maybe, I don't know, hockey, Please reach out to us. Send us some emails at FTLMailbag at gmail.com, or you can hit us on Twitter at FTLSports. But for right now, let's get into the first episode. Because let me tell you, boys, Saturday's for your buddies, but Sunday, Sunday is for the lads. We, uh, while we're starting off here, let's uh, let's bring in our very first For the Lads correspondent. I'm very, very excited he's here. One of the first Laker fans I've ever known, along with his brother Kevin, the one, the only, Andrew Sullivan. It's a real pleasure to have you here on the show. What's up, guys? Glad to be here. Uh, correspondent
2: makes me sound a lot more important than I feel I actually am, but I'm excited. I'm excited. Let's do this.
0: <laughs> this has been such a dream for me to get back and doing sports podcasting, by the way. Before we even get started, like I missed... Doing my Famo and the Wookie podcast, uh, which apparently has taken on a new life on Twitter in the last couple of months uh, under Dano Dana Abasado, who used to be the Wookie. So you can also follow them on Twitter at Famo and Wookie for some exciting sports coverage. But Kev, how do you feel about this?
1: Uh, I think the biggest story of the day right now is with with this happening with my brother Andy being a correspondent on the show. This is officially you guys burying the hatchet in the hottest rivalry to sweep the northeastern United States almost ever. Uh, this is like Duke and North Carolina coming together to like put together a basketball we team. We don't have to talk about unpleasant <laughs> memories here to start the show off. <laughs> I'm we're, not
0: over it. I don't know if I can talk.
1: About. <laughs> <laughs> all right,
0: boys. So let's uh, let's start off with a subject that we all find very near and dear to our hearts: uh, the NBA, and specifically, we're going to talk about the NBA Finals. Congratulations to the Cleveland Cavaliers, winning the 2016 NBA Finals in seven games over maybe the greatest single-season team of all time. Until that, the Golden State Warriors.
2: That's the asterisk. Greatest single-season uh, team of all time, because they did not play well.
0: Um, before we get into the, the game I want to play, I want to ask you this question. This is the question that's sort of been floating around on a lot of sports podcasts I've been listening to. Did the right team win the NBA Finals?
2: Yeah, I absolutely think they did. Um they came with a game plan, uh, and I know we're gonna get into this further down the road. But the, the Cavaliers have a better game plan, uh, mm-hmm. whether it be Tyron Lue or you know LeBron James who came up with it. But they just aggressively roughed up uh, the Warriors, and I think
1: they did a great job. Mm-hmm. I think what was interesting about this year's finals is you could make the argument for either team being the right team to win. Sure, like there's such a compelling narrative built up on on both teams that no matter who won, you could ask that question, and mm-hmm. I think the answer would have to be yes, the right team won. And I think that's why this year's finals were so compelling you know the finals are always pretty good but this year was one of the great all-time finals and the games didn't really reflect that but the narratives certainly were one of the biggest stories we've seen in a long time
0: uh the hot take on the internet has been that the right team was probably oklahoma city it seemed like if the general consensus was that if oklahoma city had beaten the warriors they probably would have beaten the cavaliers in the finals they seemed like a better team i don't know if that's necessarily true but that's an interesting take i've heard a couple times already
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, OKC was great. Uh, They were amazing against the Warriors. And to be honest with you, I thought the Warriors were dead. Yeah. Uh, They pulled it out, though. uh, And listen, that's why you play the game. Mm. There is no right Mm. team. It's the team who's uh, standing at the top of the mountain.
1: I think that with Oklahoma City, I think uh, Cleveland got an opportunity to watch that series and sort of, like, borrow some of the things that OKC figured out with the Warriors. Yeah. But I think if you're going to the finals and it was going to be Thunder and Cavs, that probably is a better matchup just because the Thunder have more weapons ready to stop the the strengths of the Cavs than, you know, the Warriors do. The Warriors live and die on their shooting. and If they don't have that, they don't have big guys that can be answers to not just LeBron, but even guys like, you know, Tristan Thompson had a great series and Kevin Love showed up and everything like that. I think the Thunder were probably more well suited to match up against the Cavs in mm-hmm. a competitive series.
0: Uh, Well, that's a good way to start off, guys. Let's get into a little game we're going to play called Trending. I'm going to give you a topic, and you're going to tell me following the NBA Finals if this person, uh, organization, or coach is trending upwards or downwards. Let's start with the man, LeBron James. People are calling him the GOAT now. What do you feel like, boys? Yeah, I'd say he's definitely trending up. Uh, yes. As
2: much as it pains me to say it, if you have ever followed <laughs> follow me on Twitter, you know uh, my hatred for LeBron James. He's uh, he literally the most insufferable human being on the planet, off the court, mm. but on the court, he's the greatest. I think he's the greatest. See, I think he's up there.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's he's definitely, he's trending upwards. There's no yeah. question about that. And he's working his way further in the conversation for greatest. I think he's a kind of a... Baby on the court too. Like his playing is really good, but Mm. his antics and theatrics and everything like that is always what Gets to me. You and me have talked about it before, and I agree on that. That off the court, I can't stand him, and he's really kind of annoying the way that he acts. But you can't you can't teach what he's doing out
2: there. And the same thing though on the court. There's always been babies. It's just the Mm -hmm. the long standing thing now in the world we live in. There's just so much more of a microscope. Michael Jordan was a baby. Kareem abdul Dwyer was a baby. You know, Mm -hmm. Magic Johnson has moments. They all do it. The yeah. one thing that gets me is the flopping that's become a thing, mm-hmm. but they uh, all complained. Everyone has complained. Uh, it's just been going on for years. More cameras now, though. But, uh, oh, my fl- God, I'm standing up for LeBron James. <laughs> it's tough, right? What is <laughs> <work's> <laughs> going on? What is going uh, on?
0: You know, I, I didn't ever had a direct, like, hatred of LeBron the way that a lot of people did, and maybe it's because I don't know if either of you guys have ever seen him play live. I was lucky enough to go to a, a Miami Heat uh, uh, Brooklyn Nets game a couple years back, and I got to watch LeBron stunt all over the Brooklyn Nets, And to see him in person is really, like, he is so fast and so strong. He really does, he seems like the next evolution of humans. Him and Brock Lesnar are, like, the (laughs) next, like, the next range of human beings, like, evolutionarily. Uh, he is inherently hateable. Like, there's something about him that kind of rubs me the wrong way. I don't, I can't exactly put my finger on it, uh... I just don't enjoy yeah. him. Yeah, I don't
1: know what it is. I don't know. I think something that happens to LeBron, too, in the public, you know, Andy, you're right in the part that, you know, there's more microscope on these guys now 24-7 and everybody's, you know, trying to hot take him to death and dissect him. But I think he also has a little bit of that talking about a wrestling guy. He's got a bit mm-hmm. of a Roman Reigns effect where it's like a pile-on thing. Where, like, once a lot of people start talking about him, people enjoy more and more just piling on him. And it sort of snowballs mm-hmm. in this hatred when, like, realistically, he's got a couple things you could say about him. But he seems to be a pretty good dude. Yeah. He may have made a mistake or two in his life, but he's been under the microscope since he was, what, 14, 15 years yeah. old? That's a. It's good that he turned out even half as well just as he did for being in the public eye for that long. I agree.
0: The hottest take I heard this week, all over the sports net, was. Is LeBron the, the best athlete to ever live up to the hype? Has there ever been an athlete who's lived up to the hype that was put on them as much as LeBron? The only argument I heard was Tiger Woods initially. I, I can't really think of anybody who's not only matched, but maybe exceeded the hype that was on him. I don't know if yet if he's exceeded it, but he's definitely been amazing. And he's been told he was going to be amazing since he was 18. So, I don't know. Uh, you guys want to move on to the next trending? Let's move on and let's move. move let's move out to the other superstar of the NBA, who I, I Steph Curry. Uh, I think. Let's Kev. You want to take the first line on this? Steph Curry trending upward, trending downward.
1: He you you can't make an argument that he's trending upwards. That would I mean, there's yeah. no real argument to be made there. But I think Steph Curry. He's trending downwards, but I don't think that means he's falling off. He had to come back to earth at some point. Mm-hmm. You can't shoot like 99% from half court for 60 points a game forever. Yeah, You know what I mean? Like eventually he had to come back to earth. He had an all-time great historical season. I think he'll be a great shooter in this league for as long as he can hold up and stay healthy. But mm. I, he had, there had to be a little bit of regression from where he was. You just can't play like that all the time. He's like a video game. Yeah. To your point, he is
2: a great shooter. Yeah. he's one of the greatest shooters of all times. Uh, I think I put. I think he's trending down a little bit right now. I think mm-hmm. um, both OKC and the Cavs uh, kind of exposed him a little bit. Yeah, they bullied mm-hmm. him around the court mm-hmm. a little bit. Uh, and they made it really tough for him to shoot. Um, you know, I think listen, he's gonna be great. He's gonna break all the three pointer records mm-hmm. as long as he stays healthy, which I hope he does. He's super fun to watch. But uh, I do not think he's in the LeBron James stratosphere by any means.
0: No, this this finals hurt him. And really, in the last 10 minutes of that Game 7, it... The Warriors, not just Steph Curry, but the Warriors in general looked inept at doing the things that they were good at doing.
1: They looked inept starting from, like, Game 4 or 5. They yeah. looked shook almost that yeah. whole series. Like, even yeah. they went up 3-1, and then I think, you know, once Game 5 started, yeah. Game 5 was that turning point. They went to Cleveland, they lost Draymond for a game, and it got in their heads. They got shook up. Let's let's move along to the next topic as well, because training.
0: I don't want to get too far behind, but along the same topic, Clay Thompson. Clay Thompson had a... Uh, a An effervescent game six against Oklahoma to keep them in the playoffs. He was, I got outer body experience, so good. When Steph wasn't hitting shots in the finals, it didn't seem like Klay was there to bail the Warriors out. And I sort of feel like along with Steph, they're both, they both feel like they're trending downward after that game seven. It's weird how much it swings on one game, but it feels like it did. At least to me. Clay is exactly who I thought he was. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he they is. are who we thought they exactly, were. Exactly.
2: Exactly. Oh, my
0: God.
2: Clay is a shooter, and he's a streaky shooter. So when he's mm. hot, he's incredible. He's incredible. The ball's on fire. It's like NBA Jam. Yeah. But when he's cold, he's cold. Mm. And that's just.
1: That's, I think that's all the player he is. I think uh, another thing that you have to give Clay Thompson credit for is he's an incredible defender. He's a really tough defender, and there's help. Um, I think I would argue that he's trending up and the only reason I say that he's trending up is because I feel like on that team he was always Luigi to Steph Curry's Mario and I think with Steph Curry trending down that only makes Klay Thompson look a little bit more valuable because there's a lot more games in this playoffs and in the finals that we can look at and say man Klay Thompson took over and won that game you can say I, Clay Thompson had more memorable games this playoffs than Steph Curry did, yeah. and I think that helps him. With Curry coming back down to earth, I think that levels the playing field between mm. those two a little bit, mm. so they become a little more on equal footing. So I think mm. as long as they're on the same team, if Curry's going down, Thompson's going up, and vice versa. Uh, let's let's do a broader approach here. After this NBA
0: Finals, are the Golden State Warriors as a franchise trending upward or downward?
2: Oh, absolutely! I think they're going up. They are yeah. right now. They're the place mm. to play in uh, California. Yeah, to something you never thought you'd hear. It's true. Um, how long they the last, you never know because you know Miami was the place to play for a few years, mm. and now uh, the Warriors are the place to play. Uh, they got great fans. The Oracle Center is awesome. Yeah, uh, they yeah, rock that sure. place. Yeah, I think if I'm a player,
1: I'd love to go play for Yeah, they horse. got cool branding, cool culture. They're still uh, mm. pretty young as a team. Like, they don't have many, very many, like, creaky veterans. Yeah. The future's still ahead of them. They seem to be a destination for a lot of free agents mm. who would want to play in California and don't want to play with, you know, the 19-year-old Lakers mm. or the dysfunctional Clippers. I think they're still trending up as a team, probably. The next, this offseason and maybe the next offseason. I don't maybe... think they'll win as many games next season no. as they did this past it's season. It's impossible. But the no. team
0: as a whole is trending no. up. No, it's, an, it's impossible for them to win as many games. As they, did they might year. They might win
2: the championship but they're not going to yeah, win many games. Exactly. Yeah, I would be... Agreed. I would, yeah, totally, totally agree. back there. It'd be and like
1: the Patriots that season, they were undefeated. It's going to be the same kind of yeah. thing where they might win it the next year but they're not going to go undefeated, so to speak.
0: I feel like the, this offseason and the next offseason are very important for them as a franchise to go from being a one-off Uh, championship team who had a nice little run going to being an established franchise they're going to want to bring new players in they've seen that they have holes in the
1: team to fill now Mm -hmm. and they should fill these holes they just need to make smart decisions Um, I think that'll actually be helpful for them in the long term like one of the silver linings of them losing this finals mm -hmm. I think if they had won with this team and gone through with this magical season, they would have been too hesitant to make changes that are probably necessary. Mm. And so I think now that they lost, they have a little bit more nothing to lose, so they're not so committed to keeping every single player on the team. And so maybe they make an adjustment that they actually needed to make that helps them they wouldn't have done if they had won yeah. the championship with they, this team. They need,
2: they need a bully that isn't uh, Draymond Green because yeah. he's yeah. way too important to the team. He's way too good. They need a yeah. guy that doesn't really matter. You know? Yeah, Charles Oakley. even yes. Oakley. <laughs> Charles <laughs> Oakley.
0: Uh, I guess same <laughs> question. Uh, Cleveland Cavaliers as a franchise trending upward, downward. Uh, Andy, you want to take point on this one?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't. I don't really know if they're trending upwards. I don't think they're going to change. Yeah, right. I really don't know how many people. I mean, you see what LeBron James could do to a guy like Kevin Love, or where and the teams kind of stops paying attention to him because he's not playing so well. He doesn't fit into LeBron's
1: system. I don't see that the Cavs Cleveland's place. I'd want to go play. I see. I think that the the Cavs will trend upward after the season. It looked like in the last couple games, especially Game Seven, it looked like a light bulb came on for Kevin Love for what he's supposed to do on this team, and Mm -hmm. I think he probably sticks around. Uh, I think the Cavs are trending upwards because I think LeBron becomes somewhat easier to play with. There's less pressure on that Cavs team now that he's won one And now that you see that he's 1, you look at this team that's stabilized... LeBron still got a bunch of good years left in him. Kevin Love is good. They're gonna have to make do with Tristan Thompson, who always shows up in, hmm. you know, in the playoffs. And they've also got a young Kyrie, who's Kyrie Irving's twenty four years old, and he looked yeah, great yeah. in the playoffs. He's another one. That if he stays healthy, he's gonna be
2: incredible. And so incredible, I, incredible. yeah,
1: I think you see more dudes at like the Richard Jefferson level, like these wily veterans or role players, yeah, who are guys. exactly, and they're now I think. Cleveland looks more in, like more enticing to them mm-hmm. now that it's not so much of a pressure cooker about bringing back the first championship to Cleveland since 1964 oh, yeah. or whatever.
0: I think simply on the fact that Kyrie Irving has sort of established himself means that they're trending upward to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, let's move into the next segment because I think, Andy, your notes sort of align with mine. Let's talk about biggest winners and losers from this NBA Finals. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Andy. I see you got Kyrie Irving down there. <laughs>
2: Yeah, Kyrie's definitely the winner. I would yeah, say. he's Holy yeah he has shit. to be right. Like I, we all knew he was good. Um, mm-hmm. unfortunately, his freshman year at Duke, he got hurt. He didn't play at all. Uh went into the draft, got drafted high. Um, and he's been hurt here and there, but man, when he turns it on, he is unbelievable. He oh. has lights out. Uh, his big uh his big issue is probably uh defense. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's not playing great mm-hmm. defense, but um. Man, he is good. He's going to be yeah. very fun to watch, um, and he Man. seems like a smart guy, an intelligent guy, um, mm. and he's not
1: doesn't look like an asshole. He's a Duke me, so guy. I kinda you like you tend to get a certain kind of guy from Duke. Yeah. You find, yeah. Usually, Duke keeps the people like relatively grounded to a level, and yeah, you hope he can stay healthy. Yeah, you That's hope so. That's the biggest you thing, because so. like you said, he's been hurt a couple times. I think this the championship gives him yeah. a lot of confidence. It gives him a lot of like legitimacy as a player going forward. And who do you got for your biggest loser? <laughs> I have Aisha Curry Ooh, <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Oh my god speaking of
2: insufferable uh, just uh, stop man she talk stop. about a quick heel
1: turn huge. she was america's sweetheart oh and then god. huge
2: heel turn she is i mean i talk about when
1: everything's going good she's great when things <laughs> turn bad it's just like, miserable does she need to stop or does the mothership espn need to stop making her a 24/7 well, news That's cycle? Yeah, yeah. you know yeah. what i mean like
2: is either pair to be an anchor or just you know stop putting her on tv but someone needs to you know, get her off Twitter. That's she just needs to be like, honey, honey, love ya.
0: I think it's but, uh, just a symbol of today's culture where Twitter makes everything so readily available and that's the stories we yeah. cover now. Well, because I don't
1: it. follow her on Twitter. I wouldn't no, have seen it I if it hadn't yeah. been every single place in the world after uh, that. One of the been. best
2: things I saw was, uh, was Jay-Z and Beyonce walking by the bus that they are holding Aisha Curry and family on, yeah. <laughs> they not letting them in the game. And just like, Jay-Z's got a drink in his hand having a great
0: time. That's Kev, winners and losers, what do you got for me?
1: Uh, my. I'm going to go first. My biggest loser of this was probably, uh, everything's told, I would say Harrison Barnes. Ooh, before yeah. the finals and before the end of the OKC series, they were talking about Harrison Barnes as a max player. And because of the impending situation with the salary cap rising, he might still get a max contract. A lot of guys are going to get paid more than they're worth in the yeah. next couple of years as we have these jumps the next few years in salary cap. But Harrison Barnes went in looking like a max guy who could lead a team. I was hoping the Lakers would get mm-hmm. him because you know I'm a mark for the Lakers. Sure. And, man, he was just out. It wasn't even like he had bad shooting nights. He was missing, like, five or six uncontested wide-open three-pointers mm. just clanging. I mean, he looked lost out there. Even more than Curry, like, Harrison Barnes just looked terrible. He looked like a he nobody. He really did. Livingston's not too far behind him. Um, as far as my biggest winner... I don't think anybody wins more than the boy NBA champion J.R. Smith. Oh, that's a good one. I Damn never, man. ever thought. this shirtless
2: man. Oh. Jeez, he, has, I... he hasn't had a shirt on in a week. <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> good.
1: Everywhere he goes. I never thought I'd be able to say the phrase NBA champion J.R. Smith. Sam, you as a Knicks fan, I'm sure that. Uh, you know who's probably so mad? Melo is probably so mad that J.R. Smith has got a ring. He's,
0: a little, <laughs> he's definitely a little salty. Along that same line, one of my biggest winners is Matthew Della Vadova on the Cavaliers because why does he have a ring? Also, Anderson Varejao got a ring in the loss because yeah. he played for Cleveland earlier in the year. God. Sneaky, um, low-key biggest winner right
1: there. Yeah, with Let me, but look, he still has to have that haircut, so yeah. did he really win? He looks like such an idiot.
0: Let me throw these two here at you. Uh, my biggest winner from this uh, was Kyrie Irving, but I also had a, a second guy. In the loss, I think Draymond Green comes out as one of the biggest winners of this because he really looked like the most consistent, important part of what makes that Golden State Warriors team work. Yeah. He was... You know, the fact that he was gone in Game 5 really made that game almost a wash. It never seemed like the Warriors were going to be in it. He was the only one who really wanted to step up and take big shots, it seemed like, in the first half of Game 7. It's tough to be the winner when you lose, but I feel like he really cemented himself as a vital cog for that team. He's probably going to be a max money player at some point in time. For sure. Uh, And my biggest loser is Steve Kerr. Uh, And i got to say, it really just... Steve Kerr, I think, in general, was considered a better coach... "Quote unquote," than Tyron Liu before this NBA Finals, mm-hmm. and didn't really do anything from a game planning perspective in the last couple games to to set him apart or make him seem like a smarter coach than Tyron. It just seemed like it, it all sort of yeah. fell apart for him. This was Kerr's opportunity to st- establish himself as a top-level coach, and he didn't really do it.
2: Yeah, he. Uh, well, he never coached before. Yeah, ever, and he got handed an All-Star team. Yeah. Um, and they wanted. Mark Jackson's All-Star team.
1: A magical All-Star. team. Yeah,
2: a magical All-Star team. Yes. Mark Jackson hates it. Mark, Mark Jackson hates it. I said so that last year. Wait, is he uh, as salty
1: as David Blatt? <laughs> David Blatt.
2: And Mark no, Jackson. David, what a Different world. I saw one of those great videos uh, for the celebrating the Cavs, mm. where a guy was coming. Uh, Kyrie Irving was coming out of a building, burning building, carrying a guy, and he has the Kyrie's head on. And <laughs> yeah. He's carrying David Flack. <laughs> so it's bad. But um, yes, then Steve Kerr had, was gone half the season. Luke Walton coached him. They won every freaking game. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, good for Luke Walton because he's now the head coach of the Lakers.
1: Good for the Lakers. Leading us back to the promised land. I think, yeah, it's uh, Kerr, I think, got exposed a little bit in yeah. the finals. Like, yeah, for sure. Kerr, I'm not saying that Steve Kerr's a bad coach. No, you no. can't win all those games in the championship the year before and go this far while being a bad coach. But I think, especially this season with the way the Warriors started off and were going, I think Kerr did a lot less coaching and a lot more like, all right, Steph, go score 30 in 10 minutes. Yep. That'll be fine. Yeah. Like, when you have a guy like that, you don't really have to coach. When he's jacking up from almost half court and consistent on him, you don't have to coach that guy. No. That's not X's and O's. That's no. not running plays. That's run a base pick and roll. The second he gets half an inch in daylight, oh. just let him chuck and oh. he hits him. <laughs> The dogs are barking and my sixteen ounce beer
0: is empty. So let's uh, let's take a break before we go into the next segment. Before we go, I just want to ask you guys one theoretical question: If Draymond doesn't get suspended in Game Five for the dick gig, the Warriors are the champions. Yes. The, Warriors the Warriors win, the right? Agreed. It seems like they win in five. The Warriors are the
1: champions. Okay, it just took it, the air out of the system. momentum, yeah. the psychology, like just the mm-hmm. intangible effect that he oh. has. Yeah. The season is over, but we're not done talking about the NBA. We'll be back in just a
0: minute to talk about all the hot off-season action. We'll be right back. into this NBA offseason discussion, I wanted to point out something that I didn't point out uh, to you last time I saw you, Andy. I don't know what you've been doing or if you've been working out or something. I know this isn't sports, but it's athletic. You look great. Oh, come on. You do, man. You look like a million bucks. And I don't know if you've been just like running or squatting. Definitely
2: not running. Um, (laughs) (laughs) running. It's the uh, the classic, uh, you know, eat right, work out. And, you know, maybe instead of 15 beers, you only have like eight. That's true. (laughs) Um, So, you know, it's wedding season. gotta get... For the wedding, It is so. wedding
0: season. Yep. Uh, it's also NBA draft season. We just had the NBA draft. It passed us by earlier this week. I gotta tell you as a guy who likes the NBA as much as I do, maybe it's because I'm a Knicks fan I sort of forgot
1: the draft was happening. Did you guys have this problem at all? Did you miss the draft? No. uh, not As a Lakers guy and as my Lakers having the number two pick again this year, even though it was Mm. sort of a foregone conclusion that Ben Simmons was going number one, and I wanted Ingram, I think he's a better fit Mm. uh, for the team that we have right now. I think he's a better fit in the Mm. modern NBA. Fills a real Mm. hole. After that, it sort of dropped off in quality of guys. So it was sort of a foregone conclusion, but I still paid attention to sort of see it shake out because I wanted to see if anybody was going to trade for something interesting or I wanted to see if the Lakers get somebody interesting second round. I mean, a guy like Jordan Clarkson, who's one of the cornerstones of their uh, admittedly young team, was a second round draft pick. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's a guy who came late, late after Julius Randle was drafted and they figured he'd just be a bench guy. And now, you know, they're talking about giving him a pretty big contract.
2: Yeah, the, uh, the draft was a little uh, kind of boring this year. The only reason I knew what was going on was, uh, you know, me. I'm a diehard Syracuse basketball fan. So yeah. I want to see where Malachi Richardson will go uh, when number 22, he ended end up on the Hornets. And I then, like that, uh, by the way. Well, oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, nice. It's good see him go. Of course I would love to see him stay at Syracuse. He's a phenomenal basketball player. I think he's going to be very good. And then Michael Benadier, the yeah. senior, uh, he ended up going number 49 Detroit. to Detroit. Detroit, yeah. Yep. And, uh, so that's literally the only reason I was checking in. So yeah, am um, really excited for those guys. But other than that, the draft was not very interesting this year.
0: I think the general consensus about the draft is that 2017 is the year that's going to be the hot draft. That's the Harry Giles and, uh, John Jackson year that they're mm-hmm. going to have those three guys from Duke. Uh, mm-hmm. it's it, next year will be much more interesting. Again, as a Knicks fan, I didn't really care about this NBA draft. I am intrigued. But when as... do you guys
1: get a pick again? Like 2025? <laughs>
0: 2026? <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> uh, I like Ben Simmons. Uh, I haven't watched a lot of him in LSU, but it seems like he's the most exciting player available. Uh, you guys could fill me in on Ingram, though. Like, what do I expect from Brandon Ingram? What kind of player is he? Do you guys have any, like...
1: Yeah, I've I've watched a bunch of... Um, you know how ESPN does those sports science videos? Yeah, yeah, I like those. They did one on Ingram that was amazing. It makes him look like a robot velociraptor that plays basketball. Okay, like, it was... Nice. He's got a huge, huge wingspan, so he basically plays the three... Um, so he's a small forward, he's pretty good at defense, he's a very good shooter, mm. he's one of those guys who fits with this modern age, we've got like the 3 and D guys basically. Yeah. And um, he is pretty skinny mm. for a young dude. Like yeah, he's, he's going to have to pack on some pounds. He's <laughs> definitely going to have to put on some muscle. I was reading an article probably on Bleacher Report or something where he was talking about yeah, I'm just like eating all the food I can get my hands <laughs> on and going to the gym. So he's a skinny dude, he'll have to grow into that body, but he's a... Uh, He's gonna be. I think he's going to be a great defensive player for us because he's got such a long wingspan and sort of like, you know, spider all over guys yeah. and stuff like that. Uh,
0: so, unless you guys have any more hot takes about the draft, I'm going to move into some of the trades. We can start talking about that. Um, I guess let's get into this Knicks trade. Uh, you guys can't see it on the podcast, but in the studio there is a bottle of Dewar's White Label uh, next to the, uh, the computer. I brought this out here for a reason because I knew we'd be talking about the
1: Knicks, um, so you have to drink whiskey when you talk about the mix? Well, this is Scotch. The mix, Scotch, Scotch whiskey, is whiskey, blended
0: Scotch whiskey. But yeah, I just I'm a little depressed there about our the Dewar Knicks. sponsorship. Yeah, I know, <laughs> right, well. dude? It's IPA. It's IPA. All right, look. So, the general here's the trade the Knicks get Derek Rose, uh, Justin Holiday, and a 2017 second round draft pick from the Chicago Bulls for Robin Lopez, Jose Calderon, uh, Jerry and Grant. Now, I don't hate this trade. Hang on one second,
2: drink it down, buddy.
0: Oh, god, it's so gross. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> <laughs> Is that hot? Uh, you it's so hot.
2: hot it's oh, it's no? so hot. It's gotta be hot. It's warm.
0: Mm. Um. First off, as a Knicks fan, I have no faith that this will work, because nothing works for the Knicks except Porzingis. It's the only thing that's worked in, like, <laughs>
2: ten years.
0: Um, it's, it's only worked for one season, so let's just... But trying to be unbiased, I do think this is actually a pretty good trade for the Knicks. I don't think... for Look, the Derrick Rose the Knicks are getting in this trade is not all-star level Derrick Rose from five years ago. Yeah. I do think he is a step up over Jose Calderon or Jerry and Grant, who I did like, but not enough where I think I'm going to miss him now that this trade is over with. I do like getting a draft pick out of it. Uh, I, do, I don't know much about Justin Holiday, but what's driving me nuts across the internet is all these, like— homer knicks fans as a knicks fan drives me nuts these people who are like check out our new big three like carmelo and derrick rose and Porzingis. i'm like one of those dudes is a second year player and the other two are old and hurt and not very good anymore so this big three is not so big it's like a Average three, I, need I the, feel like. I
2: need the term big three eliminated from sports. Yeah, can we get rid of it? sick of yeah. big three. Oh. It the worst. It's their big three. It's their big three. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Uh, Derek Rose is not who he used to be, but he, he was at one time the greatest player in the NBA yeah. um, for a yeah. season or two. Uh, so if he stays healthy, which is his biggest issue, yeah. all the way, even going back to Memphis, uh, he couldn't really stay healthy, but... He's a good guy. He's got a good head and shoulders. Like hopefully it all turns out well. Uh, you know, I don't hate the Knicks, so I'd like to see them do something.
1: I feel like if I'm the Knicks, I have to take I have to take a flyer on Derrick yeah. Rose. you got to shake it up. Brooke Lopez and Jerry and Grant aren't going to win you any championships. No. You're stuck with Carmelo for a couple of years. Porzingis is still, even though he's the Latvian god of thunder already, he's still going to have to develop for another couple of years to be who they want him to be. So you might as well try to see what you can get out of Derrick Rose, take a one-year flyer on him and see what happens. Mm-hmm. What I hope to see happen, as somebody who appreciates the dumpster fire that is the Knicks, I really get a lot of joy out of the Knicks' dumpster fire. <laughs> yeah. I desperately want them to sign Dwight Howard. Oh, oh God, they would God have, no. More doers. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, yeah, keep, mm. keep I want to see the mess. Like, that's exactly what it's about, is I want to see what happens if they do that. Also, oh, God. I got to say, a lineup of Derrick Rose, Carmelo Anthony, and Dwight Howard would absolutely go undefeated in, like, 2010, 11. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> If we could turn back time, right? Oh, I can't recover. Uh,
0: I hate joke. I hate. You know they might though. I know they might. This (laughs) drives me nuts. Like Dwight Howard has been. I hate to use the word a cancer, but he is a terrible like chemistry guy. And every team he's ever been on, he's lazy. He's kind of a goon. He's like a crummy version of Shaq with no like swag. Uh, and you're going to send
1: him to the biggest most vicious toxic media market in the entire they country. Would eat, it'd be like Randy Johnson all over again. They would Ra-
2: eat Randy Johnson. Him
1: alive. It be it be I think it would be even uh, worse. Uh, I mean, all right,
2: actually no. For the entertainment factor, put Dwight Howard in New York. It's going to be Absolutely. Oh, it would be a trigger man. Yeah. it will be hilarious. It would be wonderful man. to oh, watch him miserable.
1: I like I love watching the Knicks just be a dumpster fire. It's I think it's maybe it's the Lakers fan in me. I don't know what it is. I just <laughs> like watching the suffering and the torment <sighs> because it's like <sighs> it's like a it's like a train wreck. You just can't look away. You did go to your first Knicks game earlier this year, though. What'd My you think? first NBA game. That was great. Yeah, was it was uh, it was awesome. I want to go to all of the NBA games. <laughs> I, if I lived somewhere, okay. I would try to get season tickets if they weren't like prohibitively expensive. Like crazy trying to sit expensive. all the way yeah. up somewhere. Yeah. It was a blast. It was crazy to watch. Even though, I mean, it was the garbage time Knicks playing some other garbage time team that I don't remember. Yeah, the Bucks maybe. Bucks. They it was the Bucks. Bucks. They won. And even watching... Mike
2: Williams on the Bucks, Carmelo had a good game. a great team. <laughs> <laughs> MCW? Yeah, he's a, he's a stud,
1: done. dude. Something like that. But it was crazy even watching like the most B-list guys on both of these teams, like how fast they were. Oh, and, like, crazy to watch the dude. game in real time so was really impressive.
0: Yeah. Uh, so let's move on to the other trade, the other major trade of merit this week. This was the trade with the Magic and the Thunder. Uh, Serge Ibaka going to the Magic in exchange for Victor Oladipo. Uh, I'm going to screw this up. Demontros Sabonis? It's perfect. Go. Demontos Sabonis, the number 11 pick,
2: overall up pick. Arvita Sabonis' son, I Yeah,
0: right? I think it is, yeah. Uh, and another guy I didn't know to the Thunder. Uh, I feel like this is kind of a win-win for both teams in a weird way. You don't think so? You're shaking your head at me, so...
1: I, I am shaking my head. Uh, this is a, a huge win for the Thunder. Huge. Huge win for the Thunder. You don't think it's a small win for the Magic? Not really. The Magic... Serge Ibaka has been trending downwards for two seasons. Mm-hmm. Serge Ibaka is a one-year rental because he's got one year mm. left in his contract. And Serge Ibaka, they're not even contending for the playoffs. They're at the bottom of the barrel. Serge Ibaka doesn't bring them close to the playoffs. Even if he did, he'd give them an eight seed. They're not yeah. getting anywhere. I don't think losing a guy... I mean, they have kind of a log jam at guard, and they've decided mm. that Oladipo isn't their guy, which yeah. you can make the argument either way. Uh, Victor Oladipo, I've liked him a l- I saw some special on him on TV, like the year he got drafted, a couple years ago now. And I was watching it; it made me like him. And I always paid attention to him. And he's such a great defender. Yeah, he's an incredible, like filthy lockdown defender. He's a super young guy, and his offensive game is only getting better. I think that probably if I'm the GM in Oklahoma, I'm planning for the fact that you have to make backup plans in case you lose Durant, Westbrook, or yeah. both in the yeah. next two years. I think Oladipo is a good guy to have mm-hmm. there. He's going to replace Dion Waiters, who's like. I mean, the, no, the Syracuse alumni I'm not yeah, so proud. Another, What is it with these guys that come out of Syracuse no, and just have a know, terrible I attitude? I it's it's the, guys, No, no, it's that
0: the Syracuse college basketball, like, system is set up to be good at college basketball, but not necessarily to create great NBA players.
2: Do you want to get into this right now?
0: Not right <laughs> now. No, I do. I <laughs> no, do, we don't, but
2: we don't we're... Have, we don't have that kind of time. No, we don't have that. <laughs>
0: soon. We're <laughs> definitely going <laughs> to talk yes, about this, this soon, soon, as you are our official yeah. Syracuse Orangeman correspondent. I will say that
2: Victor Oladipo is going to be... Fantastic player. He reminds yeah. me a lot of like Kawhi Leonard. I don't know mm-hmm. if he'd be as good as Kawhi, but you know, physical, uh, fast, yeah. strong, gets the basket. Yeah.
1: And he's one of those guys who's never going to be a flashy mm-hmm. like a Westbrook, like oh no. holy shit, all the deeps scored fifty in three straight games. But he's going to be one of those guys who like you'll go back and look at a team that really achieved something and be like, man, they couldn't have done it mm-hmm. without him. Humble, quiet, does his defense, yeah. does his work. Simmons had a good point in his podcast about Ivaka that I didn't think of till real uh, till just after
0: this happened. Now that Ibaka's gone, it sort of breaks that logjam in Oklahoma City where you have this three-headed monsters of guys you have to sign, right? It, you have your Westbrook and Durant and Abaca. This sort of gets Ibaka out of the way, and you can start to plan for what your future is as an organization without, re- without having to keep this guy on. You can save a little bit of money with Oladipo. He's obviously going to be a better player when he's surrounded by guys who take pressure off of him. He's not going to be the guy He's just. He's gonna have a job. Yeah, he's not a good guy. He's not a bad guy. He's just a guy. On the team,
2: yeah. They uh, and you know, let's not forget about Steven Adams. He pretty much took over for yeah. So Steven Adams, he's a dude. Ad, he's
1: Adam Morrison on steroids. Mean,
2: Steven remarkable. Adams, <laughs> is, I like that. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> Steven Adams is the only guy uh, who came out of that Harden trade oh. who ended up being anything. Oh man. And I think the emergence of him this year makes them. Uh, it's a little bit easier to get rid of a Baku when you've got a guy like Adams waiting in the wings. So yeah. Not only is he good on the court, but he's a good guy for like team morale. Like having this wacky Australian lunatic with a I need, mustache. I need everyone that's listening, and you guys
2: do me a favor. You Google the Adams Family. They are the largest people on the face <laughs> of the there, There's like 14 of them, and they're all like 7 foot. Women... Children, everything. They're huge. Dude, take a look is, at these it's people. It's, Is Steven stunned.
0: Adams a top five center in the NBA right no. now? No. no. Absolutely
2: not. No. Really? I don't think so.
1: No, Not yet. He might be. So. He had a dope playoffs in a pretty yeah. good season. No, but right. he might
2: be. I mean, not right now, though. I know Let's, we live in a hot
1: take culture where everybody yeah, has the best yeah, yeah. after one game. One thing I did want to say real quick before we jump on. Sure. I think another thing I was reading, they were saying that I think uh, Oklahoma dodged a bullet and made a smart move with this trade is, like I said, Abaka's contract is up after next year, and mm. all indications say that he was getting... Because you were talking about that three-headed monster, yeah. like that the dreaded Big Three—that term that I think we all agree that we hate—hate hey, terrible. <laughs> it's the worst. Um, Abaka was the type of guy, uh, according to all accounts, who didn't really want to be behind two guys. He yeah, didn't want to sure. be like that background. I think. I mean, I think he's fucking insane. Like he's yeah. never going to be the star on a team. But he... so he was probably going to leave anyway. So if you can yeah. get a guy like an Oladipo for a guy who's going to leave you. You have to do that trade, and I think that's a really, really savvy move by those guys. Well said. I do think, in general,
0: even though I don't think it's a—I think Ibaka will be uh, successful in Orlando. I think he will be a fine player. I think you'll see his numbers not go down there. I think they'll go up, maybe. I don't think it's a— I think the Thunder did
1: win. I think he'll get garbage time numbers. Yeah, yeah. Like, he might get some stat pad Uh, numbers, but he's trending down.
0: Let's move on to some guys who have not moved around yet, but some names I've seen thrown around in the trade market. Let's start with Kevin Durant. He's the hottest name, potential free agent. He's already got meetings lined up with the Warriors, the Spurs, and the Thunder, uh, all of whom I could see an argument for. Uh, Andy, let's start with you. If you're Kevin Durant, where are you going in the offseason? Uh I absolutely
2: immediately throw out the Spurs. They're just too old. There's no sense in sticking really? around there. I think so. Interesting. I'm, kind of, I'm like, yeah, I'm out on the Spurs. I think we like I mean, have Kawhi Leonard, um, but they're trending down. If we're gonna keep talking about trends yeah, the, the, I uh, think that's a fair point. They're man, big time trending down. Uh, don't have interest in them. Uh, if I'm Kevin Durant, and I'm certainly not, uh, I would like... To, I'd probably stay at Oklahoma, man. I want to start, mm-hmm. you know, go mm-hmm. with why I started. Uh, if you go to the Warriors, you kind of sold out like LeBron with going to the Heat and like, yeah. just went to an already great team. Um, I'm sticking with the Thunder. And also, I think he gets the most money out of the Thunder. So Yeah,
1: you know, yeah sure. he does definitely. They've got his bird rights. They can give him more money... Um, obviously, Kevin Durant. What I think he should do is probably sign with the Lakers for very little money, sure. Yes. For as for the rest of his career, yes, uh, <laughs> lifetime contract with the Lakers. <laughs> Barring the smart move, um, I think the Spurs, the Spurs would be a decent move for him because I think that would be a passing of the torch, kinda. Mm. As these guys like Duncan and everybody fade out, you could sort of go into the system, adopt it. You have got Aldridge, Leonard.
2: How much, how much longer is Pop gonna be around? Who
1: mm-hmm. knows? That's but, Pop, you know, you but Pop is grooming question. these people. Pop that's has built true. a culture over yeah, twenty that's years. True, like that's it's true. true gonna be hard to shake. They're not just yeah. gonna get like some like random dude who screws it all up in the first year. Mm. But I think all things being equal, I think he probably has to stay in Oklahoma City.
0: Yeah. I, I mean, so, anywhere
1: too. else you go, yeah. because if he goes to the Warriors, which I think the Warriors would be better, and if they have an opportunity to get great. him, they do. Because no matter what, you never say no to They're, Kevin Durant went, if you can they get him.
2: 80, 82 games that season. Oh my you know God. what I mean? I'm calling
1: it right now. But <laughs> at the, but at the same time, he would have to go there, and he would have to adjust who he is and what he's about. I think what it all comes down to. I, End of the day, he probably stays in OKC, but I would have to imagine that him and Russell Westbrook have had some long conversations over dinner and you know, just hanging out and being friends on the same team. Um, like if Westbrook has said to him privately, like, hey man, I'm definitely probably gonna get out of yeah. here yeah. next year, after when I'm when my free agency is up, I think then Durant goes. But if he's talked to him, Westbrook's like, dude, stay, I'll stay, let's do this. Then he probably stays. And I'm sure that they've had conversations that none of us yeah. are privy to. Sure. They probably really affect what he's going to do. Isn't Durant's from Washington, too? Isn't he? he is. yeah. 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 I mean, that would be a
2: good
0: That would be a I read.
1: I read John today, oh, so I read today yeah. that he won't meet with them. Yeah, he uh, won't. He's not interested. He won't meet with the Knicks
0: either, which I. I so saw somebody
1: don't. say today that he was going to meet with the Knicks, but it was like a For four what? source. I don't For know. For what, Cause what cause reason? Because he wants Why? to play with, with that core of Dwight Howard and I, the ghost of Derrick Rose. I love
0: my Knickerbockers, but Kevin, don't make that mistake. Just oh, go somewhere, somewhere else. To, go somewhere else. I thought buddy. you meant me. For no,
1: him, you meant like, Kevin Durant. I mean, I don't want
2: to see play play a X good X. person KD. make that horrible mistake. So if yeah. the Just Knicks want to
1: give Knicks. me the league minimum of $950,000 a year to go take garbage time minutes in the garden, gooka could call start me for the up. Knicks. Zach gooka could still start I'm for the saying Knicks. Saying I've been saying for 10 years. 10 years. Uh, all right, so
0: uh, here's a couple other guys whose names have been thrown. Let's start with DeMarcus Cousins. Do you guys like DeMarcus Cousins, Boogie Cousins? Anything? Almost in spite of myself. Yeah, I kind of yeah. like him, right? Like <laughs> I, I, I know. He's,
2: like, he's the ultimate heel. He's the bad want, guy. I yeah, like he
0: kind of is. Yeah. Yeah. I know that the Knicks have gone on record saying that Joe Kim Noah is their primary free agent target, which makes sense because he seems like the kind of guy the Knicks actually could get. He seems like the like Knicks could get like,
1: it. I I've hated
0: saying he's got that Charles Everton. Oakley thing. I would love DeMarcus Cousins in the in New York. I just feel like it would be such a toxic mess. Oh it would be it would be so entertaining. And I just want them to be entertaining, guys. We
2: should make up a starting five for like the worst teammates ever. Just like, <laughs> who just like, what? Just imagine uh, them. But we're getting there. We're actually getting
0: close uh, with this Knicks
2: team. We've well, we've dreamt up.
0: Is there? There's got to be a team out there though that sees the value in a player like Demarcus Cousins. There's got to be some franchise in the NBA who can do right by him. That's not the Kings because he seems to be wasting his time in Sacramento. I agree.
1: I agree. right for sure sacramento's a mess that's not t- sacramento's yeah. only starting to slide down into the abyss right yeah. now Yeah, like so i think he has to get out of there to start over and yeah. you have to put him in you know you send him to the Knicks, it might not do him bad right? to be exposed to Phil Jackson. Right. Phil Jackson seems well, to be to chill people out a little Spurs.
0: bit. Yeah, Spurs. Pop. Yeah. Well, Pop would turn him into mm. an all-star.
1: Mm-hmm. He might be, I, th- I feel like uh, the Pop. Spurs and Pop might not be as gentle no, as it's... like a Phil Jackson yeah. would be. But um, like Phil Jackson has ranked a lot of people. I think he goes somewhere. I don't, you know, he, there's been a lot of talk about him to the Lakers. Mm. And I think about it as a Lakers fan. I don't know if I want him on the Lakers. No. I mean, it's tough to say no to a guy at that level, but I feel like that's a lot of like young guys who have quite an ego and swagger about them, yes. and it could all go very wrong, and then we turn into the dumpster fire next. Uh, the
0: other uh, the other story I heard this week is that the Bulls have been very, very up and down about whether they're going to keep Jimmy Butler. Now I don't know how you guys feel about Jimmy Butler. I do feel like he's kind of underappreciated. He might be one of the more exciting young he
1: players. Was as good last year as he was the year before, when he was playing for a contract, I think. But he's also he's a super young guy who's shown flashes. Right. Here's my thing though: If you're the Bulls, if you're getting rid of Jimmy Butler, what do you? What does that mean? Like what <laughs> are like, they done? What, why are you like year? <laughs> That's what I mean. Like <laughs> exactly. you're you're completely starting over. Um, I, I don't see why you get rid of him. Cancel the 16 17 season for the Bulls. Guys, it's a lot
0: of talk about the NBA. Before we take a break, we'll go on to the Yankees in just a moment. One more. You want one more?
1: Go ahead. I just want to tell you, because we were talking about the Knicks, you know who I would not be surprised to end up seeing be a New York Knicks this year? Who? I would not be surprised if Pau Gasol ends up on the New York Knicks this year. Mm. I think Pau Gasol, he he still gets decent minutes. He's got a great relationship with Phil Jackson. He's a European center who's played in the NBA for a mm. long time, so he'll be a good Ooh. influence on yeah. Porzingis. He knows the triangle. Mm. They're trying to build a culture of around there. And he's gonna want to go somewhere where he knows people and is comfortable playing. I wouldn't be surprised to see the Knicks end up with Pagasol. Yeah. I don't think anybody's gonna want them as much as him, and I don't think there's a better place for him than the Knicks. That's my hot take. I'm That's calling it for the season here. I like here. that. Uh, before well, we go to, out before we go to break, guys, uh, way too early call. Who's winning the twenty seventeen NBA title? Obviously the Lakers. Uh, boring the lakers um cleveland cavaliers cleveland cavaliers huh yep. i am back to back i'm always mm. i'm always a guy who says you can't bet against the incumbent champs generally um so i like the Cavs. i like the warriors and i like the thunder if they figured it all out and keep it moving with some of the parts they've got i think the thunder probably aren't done for the offseason once they re-sign kevin durant we'll see some things move into place I think the Thunder are my dark horse. I, I, like,
0: oh, I like OKC over the Cavaliers in six.
2: I, I do. I like it. Oh, I, over the last 40 minutes, I just become a Cavaliers did you,
1: love, I think did you love it. After like 10 <laughs> years of just hatred. I think, cause that's what's happened to me? Right. It's a, t- it's a t- hot summer. I think it, it's things, so hot. It's hot in here. so yeah, hot, it's guys. Hot. If the Thunder keep Durant, more of these guys who are free agents mm-hmm. are going to want to go play for the Thunder, and they'll have an even better team moving forward. Let's let's take a break, guys. I think we covered the NBA really well. We'll be back with some more off-season
0: stuff next week. Uh, We're going to take a break, come back, and we're going to talk about a grab bag of subjects just a moment for the lads. Again, folks, we, uh, I need to apologize about the dogs. I don't know if you're going to pick it up in the background or not. Um, the people who live upstairs who will remain nameless have torn their carpets up over the weekend and now the dog barking is louder, as is everything they do. It's so, like 101
1: Dalmatians. There's like it's, an
0: extra dog. There's an extra dog here, too. With it being
1: this hot and like the dog's barking in the background, I feel like it's like a Sublime album. It is a little bit like very, a Sublime album in here. Uh, just a quick reminder, folks, you can follow uh, For the Lads on Twitter at ftl
0: sports, and you can send us any sports-related mailbag questions to FTLMailbag.com. Uh, and as I mentioned, you will get this show uh, on your normal Udicast uh, FTL
1: mailbag at gmail.com. At
0: gmail.com, yeah. Uh, you will get this show on your Udicast stream if you already subscribe to the Udicast on iTunes, so that's nice. Uh, it'll probably also show up on all the other stuff that we do, so okay. people will be very surprised when there's a miscellaneous sports podcast. Um, Alright, so I want to talk about something that I did. Some- Wait a minute, we've got here the ice cream. I gotta go. Yeah, I, gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, so Uh, Earlier today, I was prepping the show, and I was sitting around with Kev, and we were uh, watching the Euros, and uh, for those of you who don't know, there's a soccer tournament going on right now, the Euros. Literally,
2: nobody knows. Nobody knows. We'll get to that in the next
0: segment. (laughs) Um, But uh, in the middle of the Euros, I took a break, and I was flipping through uh, basic cable, which is all we have at the house. The most basic cable. The most basic cable. Like Like just four
1: channels the antenna picks up.
0: ABC, NBC, CBS, uh, Fox, uh, whatever the fringe, like UPN, CW channels are. Uh, and as I was flipping through today, I found something called the Red Bull Signature Series. It was an event called the Red Bull Heartlines. It was on NBC, and it was a skateboarding competition, and it got me thinking about extreme sports as a television concept, uh... The most popular extreme sports event that we can think of probably is the X Games. Uh, that started in nineteen ninety five. The twenty first annual X
1: Games just ended last month. I feel like X Games is like a catch all term for any extreme sports you see on TV. Right. Yeah. Like it's right. X Games. It's all just X um, Games. The only
2: thing keeping Sal Mascola employed.
0: So you got to think in ninety five. Uh, just to date myself here, I was nine, right? Nine yeah, almost. Sure. Yeah. So the X Games, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. it's your so life, pal. The X Games I don't know what you guys remember, but I remember the X Games mostly as a Tony Hawk thing Hell when yeah. growing up. It was a skateboarding oh, event. Yeah. Um I feel like for a hot minute, the X Games was like a really big thing. It was a big deal for about five or six years, and it's sort of been watered down in the last fifteen or twenty to the way that now there's this Red Bull version of soccer airing on NBC at twelve o'clock on a Sunday. So what are your thoughts on extreme sports at this time in our lives?
2: Uh, well, I agree. They have to switch it up. There's only so much you can do on a vert ramp, and Tony Hawk did it all yeah, like, 15 right? years ago. I mean, I'll never forget for the rest of my life. The night Tony Hawk did the 900. I going to say that, yeah. yeah I, was I mean, gonna say we were that. all just watching, and he kept going, kept going, kept going. I mean, I always wonder how long he would have went before he stopped, before he like gave up if he never got yeah. it. That's,
1: that's one of my most indelible sports memories of my I life, Andy, because I remember we were up at camp in Old Forge. And we were watching the X Games, and it was always on the week that we'd go on vacation to camp with the family and friends and everything. And we were all up there watching him, and he kept, like, it was one of the coolest things I've ever seen, because the competition was over, but it didn't matter, because everybody was like, Tony Hawk's done a 900 in practice, he's gonna do it out here, and it was like, everything sort of got put on hold in a way that you don't see with any other sports. Like, they're like, we're stopping everything, we're gonna keep rolling cameras, because he's gonna do this trick... And it really touched on some of the, the roots of the best parts of skateboarding and skateboard culture. And I thought that was real. I'll never forget yeah, that for man, as long as I live. Underrated, though, my dude, uh, what the hell was his name?
0: Uh, the dude who lost. I think oh, he, that guy. Oh, yeah, he, he, came in, he came in second in the year that Tony Hawk did the 900. It was Danny McRae, I think, was his name.
2: Yeah, uh, Danny Way.
0: Danny Way. Danny, that, yep. Danny Way came in second. Mm-hmm. The only reason that Tony Hawk won is they let him do about five or six extra attempts at the 900. Five or six? It was like 20. It was, it was a crazy amount it was of a extra. Lot. Yeah. Like, and, and that in, was
1: that was the thing. They suspended it because they're like, this is history. It doesn't
2: That was so cool. I'm getting chills. I like it.
1: I like the looseness of extreme sports where it's not like these hollowed mm-hmm. sacred halls of mm-hmm. like the way like baseball is, where it's like. Yeah, listen, you get the gold, the silver, it's whatever. You're all getting that Mountain Dew money. We're going to let him hit this 900.
0: But I guess the point I'm trying to make is when we watched that, the skateboarding today on NBC, it was like street skateboarding. Um, it did not hold my interest anymore. And I wonder if there's like a plateau point that happened for extreme sports, maybe in the mid-2000s mm. where it was a point where it got oversaturated or it lost the appeal that it once had. I think maybe, Andy, you might have touched upon it actually mm you get to a point where there's only a certain amount of tricks that can theoretically, physically be accomplished yeah, by the human body it. on the skateboard, yeah, right? I mean, like, w-
2: without getting more air and making it more dangerous, where if you fall, you are going to die. Yeah. Uh, I listened to Jason Ellis on XM. Who sure. Is an
1: absolute he's got a great ride. show. Yeah. Great, he great is, show, Jason he been, Ellis. He's our generation's Howard Stern, 100%. Hmm. He's, he's fantastic. You know what's funny? The first time I heard him, I heard him on hmm. Howard Stern's show that's on how XM. He got yeah. That's And they how were really up. good.
2: He, uh... And he said it. he's a, he's an ex professional skateboarder. He's like the sport. you just everything's been done. What else can
1: you really do? Yeah, so it's just. It I think uh, you know. I watched that same uh, skateboarding street competition that we that we were flipping through earlier. Um, I think one of the things that hurts it as well is I think it, you know there's a couple different points, and I think the older you get and the further you get removed from skateboarding, skateboard culture, people who skate, seeing people skate live, you know what I mean, all that. I think the less you start to identify with it as it goes on, because it's a very, very, like, super, more than almost anything else, youth-oriented. Yeah. And also, the coverage on TV isn't that great. No. The X Games do a good job, but we were watching that street competition, and I think, my hot take, I think street skateboarding is more interesting than vert skateboarding. It definitely is. Um, but they just weren't doing it well. There wasn't enough skating. There was a lot of just, like, panning around and showing, like, little clips from a guy's run. I want to see a guy's full run. Um, I think skateboarding is sort of the face of the X Games, But the Unsung Hero X Games, for me, has always been Motocross Big Air. Hell yeah. I think the Moto X is some of the coolest shit that they do. Yeah, Travis Pastrana, all those dudes doing just the Big Air to see who can get the highest, doing these tricks, like all that stuff. I think that's all really interesting to watch.
0: One of my first sports crushes growing up as a kid uh, was during the X Games. The female rollerblader, her name was Fabiola Da Silva. She was the shit. Yo, that was my
1: first like hot. She looks like Anderson Silva. That was your girl? I just thought she was super talented. Oh, she was yeah. so good. Like, I just yeah, was I like, gotta damn. I her up. Fabiola uh, de Silva. Gretchen yeah. Blyler, the snowboarder, was my Gretchen first. Gretchen Blyler. Yeah. 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 She was my first X Games girl crush. All those snowboard chicks. Every uh, time I For saying, the lads, for sure. <laughs> I see snowboard girls on TV. I see girls with snowboard in real life, and they're always all so much cooler than me. I'm like, man, you're such a babe, but you're so damn cool. They're just like, oh, yeah, no big deal. I'm just going down the side of Kilimanjaro doing um, 1080 backflips. <laughs> uh good talk about extreme sports
0: uh i do i do want to move on to the new york yankees guys uh i don't want to get too far into baseball but i know we're all i know we're all yankee fans so let's get into it um okay as of the time we're recording uh the yankees are currently 37 and 37 they are seven games back in both the al east and the wild card for the american league which is odd considering how bad it seems like they've been playing I don't like seven games out. Seven games out is just far enough for them to think they still have a chance, so they won't sell anybody. Uh, but it does not seem like they have any real potential to do anything besides flounder in the middle of the AL East. Uh, it's been a hard watch, Andy. I'll start with you. What's been your What's been the toughest? Thing you'd watch this year for the Yankees with uh,
2: their offense. No, without really, that. it's funny yeah. how they'll have like they'll have like surges where they look awesome. I mean, that's yeah. been the story of the year, they'll go on like seven game winning streaks and they go on ten game losing streaks. Yeah. I went to old timers game at the stadium a couple weeks ago. Yep. Um I it was which was awesome. I actually thought it was gonna be really lame. It's really cool. Oh, Those dude, guys like are there. Awesome. I know it's just but it, it was cool. Hideki Matsui. <laughs> <laughs> an old timer. Put one in the upper deck. He's such a stud. Yes. Off David Cohn. <laughs> who also David Cohn might be the best pitcher
1: in the Yankees right now. <laughs> <laughs> so Old De- Timers Day seems like an awesome day to go to the yeah, stadium. David like Cohn that, that seems hammered. like so much fun. Yeah. But uh he he hit the ball, Deckman said he hit the ball harder
2: than any other Yankee that day. Hmm. Their yeah. offense is just atrocious. But there's a great day at stadium. Any day at the stadium is phenomenal. Day.
1: I feel like going to Old Timers Day, it's, it's got a lot of similarities to, like, if you were going to, like, a wrestling event, or, like, specifically WrestleMania. Yeah. It's probably just so much fun to be there just so the crowd can pop for, like, a David Cohen, or, like, they announce Matsui, and you can just go nuts for Matsui, yeah. the same way that, like, oh, my God, like, The Rock is here, and we're going nuts because we never see The Rock. It seems like a lot of fun God. to be down there. What
0: I wouldn't give for a Matsui on this crummy fucking offensive team. I'm sorry, this is my first F-bomb of the show. Sorry, folks. Anyhow, uh, yeah, Matsui, he he was kind of an underappreciated Yankee for a long time. He was I, the 2009 World Series MVP.
2: MVP. It was nice to see yeah. him get that. It was
1: nice to see it. He's
2: great. I um, love Matsui. To right. take care of Decky Robbins, well, and Tanaka.
1: I got a question because you just said and this has been the main narrative that I've seen about most Yankee sports writing on the internet for the past couple months. Like, oh, they got to figure out if they're going to sell or going to try to contend. They're not going to contend. That's silly. No, they're like, absolutely there's, there's not. There's no they're contending. Out. But everybody's like, sell the. The way that I see it, the problems that the Yankees have aren't really alleviated by selling. Who do they have to sell? Nobody. Like but who do they so who old. do they have that anybody wants? God, rots? he's so old. Um, who's for sale besides that bullpen, which is the only good thing about the team? I know. Who are you gonna sell? Uh, let really, me yeah.
0: let me throw this out That's here.
1: That's a actually. real question. Like who? Uh,
0: well, who? the pro- It's not who you're gonna sell. It's who, who is actually who who who. Uh, it's who's actually sellable as a product. Carlos buying. Beltran has had a solid season offensively, I guess, in theory. I don't have his stats in front of me, but it seems like he's been a big part of the offense. No one's buying Carlos Beltran. He's 62 years old. <laughs> he's, he's a 62 years old. Yes, is very is. fair. Yeah. Uh, I don't see... The only bright spots offensively I've seen on the Yankees this entire season have been Gregorius and Starlin Castro. That's it. The only two guys who seem like they have Starlin Castro is a great baseball name. What a phenomenal baseball name. Oh, so good. Uh, But my biggest—let me ask you this question. You guys know about Aaron Judge, right? Yankees prospect. Mm -hmm. A bit. Uh, Six home runs in his last seven games in AAA. He leads uh, the—whatever the Florida League is in home runs. Do you think it's time for the Yankees to start bringing up these prospects and making a real go at the future?
1: What position is Aaron Judge? He's playing? an outfielder. Uh, yeah, you could probably find room out there. The thing, the, the here is what I was gonna say with the Yankees. Where I said selling doesn't really help them. The Yankees have an unavoidable situation where for the rest of this year and next year they have to ride out four or five huge contracts for guys that don't really produce. The Yankees will not have a chance to be a real contending baseball team mm. until Sabathia who's looked amazing this year good for him that warms my heart because he's always oh, been a good yeah. dude and it's great to see him come back from yeah. like rehab and all that but even still he's an old guy he's got to get off the team Sabathia Teixeira Beltron, Arod. I don't want to talk about Ellsberg because it's terrible Ugh. but Those four guys specifically have to be gone before we can do anything. Yeah. Because you're not going to put them on the bench. You're not going to release them. So they have to be out there in some capacity, and you can only carry so many guys in your roster. I say you bring up Judge just to make the Yankees
2: somewhat more appealing for our dear friend Bryce Harper.
1: Sure.
0: Oh, Bryce Harper. Guaranteed future Yankees. I can't wait. Uh, I want to run through the the rotation with you guys very quickly because it seems like an issue that's worth talking about. I know the offense is bad. I know that they don't score runs, but... Let me let me just throw this at you guys. Uh Masahiro Tanaka is our number one starter according do you to MLB. Have stats? I have stats. You're gonna do yeah, stats. Yeah, I have stats. Thank We're gonna you. do this stats very quickly. I was yeah. concerned if you didn't have stats. Yeah, no, I got stats. All right, so this is from MLB.com according to their depth charts. This is the depth chart for the Yankees pitching rotation. Tanaka number one is five and two with a three point oh one ERA, seventy-five K's in ninety-eight point two innings pitched. That's not good enough as a strikeout rate for an ace number one starter on the Yankees. Let's move to Pineda, who has been a goddamn train wreck. Uh, he's 3-7 and seven with a 5.51 ERA, 96 strikeouts in 83 innings, but that is a huge drop-off from the player we expected to get I coming need, out of last season.
2: I need him to bring the pine tar back. How about it? Get the pine tar what back the on hell? your hand, buddy, Did until Dan, they catch you again.
1: That was crazy a couple oh, years a ago. Joke. Like Pineda's been really, really up and down. He'll show flashes of brilliance, but he mm-hmm. obviously... It's been long enough. He doesn't have it together. He's no. never gonna be the guy we want no. him to be. Yeah. But what yeah. I want to say real quick because we didn't have FTL Sports back when this was going on, that Pine Tar thing was one of the craziest things I've ever seen in sports. <laughs> it's, it's pretty weird. weird. Like he it's was so flagrant, and he's like, "I'm just gonna put it on my face. And nobody else." Can. I'm like, "Where yeah. is your? Oh, no, it blends in with my skin. It's hey, cool. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm close." Let's move on to the next guy. This is my dad's favorite New York Yankee for some reason. Wait, uh, can I guess your dad's favorite New York Yankee? Sure uh it's a pitcher we know that so it's got a does he like nova is he a nova? no he doesn't like nova he does not like nova he likes nathan ivaldi uh, or as i call go.
0: him kyle farnsworth 2.0 because that fastball is like a laser it doesn't move at all it's straight down the, the the pipe and ready to get hit that's why he's six and four with a 5.02 era 70 strikeouts and 80 innings pitched uh of makes me angry because he's the kind of guy you look at his intangibles. He's a young guy. He's got a great fastball in terms of speed. He's got like, he has upside, but he cannot put it together. He's, he's so Kyle Farnsworth. It makes my brain hurt. He gives me a migraine thinking about it. Uh, I'll move on to Sabathia who out of nowhere is the best pitcher on the staff. He's 5-4, and four, 2.71 ERA, 59 uh, strikeouts in 69 innings, but it seems like he's worked into that weird Mike Messina late era of his career where he's learned how to pitch uh, with his brain as opposed to his body
1: He's really. Uh, He's also not shit faced on the mound anymore, which is probably time for him. Well, that's <laughs> true as well. Uh, the other thing I had Listen, heard,
0: though. David Wells.
1: David Wells. <laughs> yeah, I was there for just
2: a, fine.
0: I was there yeah. for that perfect game. I was so were we. I know. We were all there. We were all, all there, there for, yeah. the oh, game, yeah, for the perfect game. Yeah, the
2: lads. Level. Let's go. So Four. we're going to do. I didn't know you were there. Coming Dude, up. My stepdad. I had no made. idea what was going on. I not had a know, clue. My, I said to my dad, it's my first Yankee gonna go, are all the games this crazy? My dad's going
1: nuts. I got by a stranger. In New York. In New York. It wouldn't be the last time take a <laughs> shot uh, a um, on a future episode of this show i think we should do a segment with the three of us talk about our memories of our like that was my first yankees yeah. game too yeah. david wells perfect game we will talk about that uh and let's move on to ivan nova five and five
0: five point one eight era 44k and 64 innings pitched uh it just didn't work i liked nova i thought there I was upside I, on. I, um, yeah. I,
2: uh, I say we take the entire rotation just send them right up to the farm. we're we seven
1: Hurt, I
0: think. He's been a bust, though, this season, He's too, a though. mental case, yeah. that one.
1: Yeah. The Yankees are all... Well, he's a young guy. You hope maybe he gets better. The Yankees are... In the, it. You know, you said Tanaka, and it's such a weird God, thing because he was so good that first year, but he has that impending injury. Like, you he know knows. It's everybody knows. It's, it's a medical fact that at mm. some point, his elbow will give out, and he will need Tommy John. Mm. And so he's so, like, careful and weird, and he was so good when he started... Mm. Yankees have such a terrible track record over the last 10 years or so of, like, different free agents and foreign signers. You guys remember Keiagawa? Yeah, Kei You remember, like, yep. Chin Ming Wong's freak injury he never came Keogawa. back from? I didn't, <laughs> I didn't hate right. oh, the, he, was the he was yes. the start of it. He was the first one. But, like, they've got such this long track record. I'm like, man, this Tanaka guy is finally going to pay off. And he looked incredible, but now it's a weird holding pattern.
2: with the with the Japanese pitchers? Daisuke Matsuzaka was one I, the out the out of out. The The argument
0: yeah. with... Japanese pitchers is that, in general, the Japanese league does not hit as well as the American baseball—as MLB does. So the idea is it is a pitcher-forward league. The hitters they are facing are not the quality of the Bryce Harpers and Mike Trouts of the world— uh, I think that's where you see the big yeah. drop off with Japanese pitchers it's America. in America. Yeah, it's that's that's it, it is what, what it is. is. Like Agawa. He
1: was yeah. signed. That's, uh, yeah, that's fair He too. was signed in response, to, like the Dice K signing from the Red Sox Cuba that now. year, and he had great numbers in Japan. But then he had to come over and pitch yeah. to David Ortiz yeah. and Manny Ramirez. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Who are you Absolutely. pitching to over there? Like Shinsuke Nakamura? What are you? Body. king is strong style that's our third wrestling reference it's uh, fun. we're slowly but certainly sneaking it in yeah. we don't want to let the people know in the first episode that this is also going to be a wrestling show sometimes <laughs> well my other thought is that we should just do a
0: specific wrestling podcast we'll get into that some other time uh i can tell already from the way this show is going we do have a soccer segment coming up we're definitely going to go over what i expected but that's okay first episode we're having a good time guys i have one more uh Theoretical question for you. We're moving on from baseball. This is a game I'd like to start playing uh, going forward called But Is It a Sport? <laughs> uh, so I heard an interesting fact today when I was on the internet. Uh, I love the internet. Uh, so in 2012, NASCAR, as an organization, stopped releasing attendance numbers for what they're doing in terms of average uh, attendance per event. Okay? Uh, at that point, it was at 140,000 people per event. That's average. Uh, however, it was 40,000 people down from 2011. A 40,000-person average attendance dropped from 2011 to 2012, and they stopped giving attendance reports. I do remember a period of time in the mid-2000s when it seemed inevitable that NASCAR was going to become, if not the number one, the number two, or number three sport, quote-unquote, in this country. There was a huge push in popularity for NASCAR, and yet it seems to have fallen into the wayside. That is not what we're here to discuss today. What What we're here to discuss is whether or not NASCAR is a sport. No. Andy, wow, no, right off the bat. No,
2: you know what? It's Uh, a really cool hobby that these guys have. Um, (laughs) uh, I mean, certainly who wants to drive cars really fast? Uh, My future father-in-law actually went to, um, what's it called, Pocono last week. Two weeks ago with uh, my future brother-in-law. He's a big NASCAR guy um it's a blast uh my boss has been yes this. it sounds like it's something really fun to go to you can get start getting drinking beers at like five in the morning people
1: again. always say stuff like that but i feel like if i'm going somewhere and having beers i'm having a good time anywhere i go true so of course it's yeah, fun true. to go to nascar I have a good time having, everywhere. Beers, <laughs> having a good time right a, that's a
2: hell of an argument right there yeah. Yeah, that's a good point <laughs> um uh, i don't know no no it's not it's, it's these guys are athletes
1: they're not athletes they're good drivers it's a weird gray area because I was, you know, I was having this discussion. And we've had discussions about what is a sport, what is a game, Sam, you and I before, and you know, poker a of, specifically. A lot of people talk about this, sure. and I say anything where you have to physically execute because we were talking about, you know, it's a race, and so we're like, okay, well, Kentucky Derby doing horses—is that a sport? Seems like gambling more
0: than anything <laughs> it else. To it, me. Just it really does just, just,
1: just seem like it's, gambling it's, to me. It's rich people's dogfighting. Yeah, like <laughs> I feel like. I feel like the I two, it. I feel like it's either a sport or a game, right? So some stuff is a sport, some not stuff a game. is a game. So it's not a game. No, so I don't see it as a game. These guys are physically executing with their yeah, bodies man. while they're in the car. They're doing something, but it's only yeah. so athletic. But probably no more or less athletic than a jockey on top of a horse. I'll be, re- look, I'll be real. I have attempted as a quote-unquote sports guy to
0: give NASCAR a fair shake. I've watched some NASCAR over the last five to ten years. Mm-hmm. I do understand that there is a certain physical prowess to making a 200-mile-an-hour car go where you want it to go in high speed in 110 degrees probably in those suits the biggest problem i have with nascar has always been i don't find cars going around a track to be enticing television to watch you don't see the drivers doing any physical prowess you don't really hear them talking to their pit crew you don't hear the interesting details of nascar that make it interesting when you're watching cars go in a circle for two and a half hours it doesn't sell me as an exciting thing to watch. That's why I can't really call it a sport, although I do think that NASCAR drivers can be considered athletes, if that makes any sense, because it does take a certain amount of physical prowess to make that car do what you want it to do. It's uh, a big roundabout. Sorry. I
2: agree. I, only, I'm, I stopped listening. That was a pretty good <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you're right. I agree. But Kevin and I, actually, our father took us uh, on to vacation to Daytona Years ago, I think I was probably like 12.
1: I was in like ninth grade, so you were probably young. Yeah, Yeah.
2: and uh, we actually went to the Daytona racetrack. If you're ever in Daytona, you go. It is awesome. The whole
1: place is really, really cool. They take you out on like a golf cart and you go on the track.
2: And the walls, you literally have to crawl on all fours to get on the turns.
1: (laughs) Really I remember cool. Dad talked about it the rest of the vacations. the walls—they're just so slanted you wouldn't it believe it. The walls. And then
2: I watched the Daytona 500 a few weeks later. Dale Earnhardt got killed in that race, and I was kind of done with NASCAR. I remember that
0: day. Yeah. So, uh, do you want Before we go, this is a screwed up story. When my dad, my dad used to work at the Walmart distribution center in uh, a lot of NASCAR fans out there. I bet a lot of NASCAR fans out there. My dad came into work the day after the Dale Earnhardt accident, and he was. Busting chops with these dudes he worked with, and he was giving this guy a hard time. And he said, "Hey, what place did uh, Dale Earnhardt come in in his last race?" <laughs> Jesus. And the guy like gives my dad this really like he's like, "Well, they gave him this ceremonial like position in the race." My dad goes, "Well, I heard he came in dead last." And <laughs> and oh my God. this guy was so pissed at my dad that I shit you not, this is a real story. They when my dad was at work, they took the forklift out to the parking lot and took one of the big things of cling wrap and cling wrapped my dad's entire car they ran it around like 15 times like covered my dad's car in cling wrap as retribution for his Dale Earnhardt joke so NASCAR fans I give you props for being so dedicated that's some real shit I just want to
2: throw that out there. That's hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> That's an awful joke. Uh,
0: Day after, uh, we're going to get into uh, soccer in the final segment of the show. So, Andy, I do want to thank you for coming. I know you don't really have super hot takes about soccer. Do literally you? none. No,
2: literally <laughs> none. Fun Andy, game to watch, but I'm getting more into it. Uh,
0: it's been a real pleasure to have you. We hope to have you back again soon to talk about NBA and Yankees, Andrew. Absolute it's a real blessed. pleasure. We'll be back with the uh, the infamous Justin Parkinson to talk about U.S. Men's National Team and more soccer in just a. Moment. Yay. Okay, we're back. Segment four, you uh the Udicast presents for the lads. Um, So this was the segment where uh, Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson was going to come down and me and him and Kevin, to a certain extent, we were going to unpack uh, the United States men's national team's loss to Argentina and their loss to Colombia in the 2016 COPA tournament for the CONCACAF soccer tournament. Um, so for those of you folks who don't care about soccer, this would have been the time. Me. That's me. (laughs) It's me. Guys, spoiler alert. It's Kev here. I don't care. Don't even care a little bit. This would have been where we were going to talk about soccer, but Parkinson is, uh, trolling us. Kind of. He told me he'd
1: be here half an hour ago. he's locked into his bedroom listening to D'Angelo, and he brought an entire pound of butter in there, so I don't know what he's doing.
0: Very strange cat, that Parkinson. But... So instead of waiting for Parkinson, what we did is that me and Kev decided we were going to go to the driving range. It was a beautiful day out today. Uh, So we went to the driving range and we brought in a very, very close personal friend of us who joined us in studio after our trip to the driving range. We go way, way back, but for those of you who don't know him, he's a great guitar player and an excellent golfer. The one and only Steve Anderson, a.k.a. Sellout Steve. Welcome to the show, Steve.
1: Thanks. Sellout Steve is a great name. (laughs) <laughs> Steve, I got it. This is your because we did the Udicast for a long time. This is the inaugural episode uh, episode of FTL Sports. Is this your first time on the podcast? First time on the podcast. Usually, I'm on the couch during the podcast with the doors closed. Yes,
0: yeah, so you're usually hiding in the studio in the green room, sending emails, sending <laughs> sending, sending email. emails to the show during the show. Mm. So, I want to talk about golf for a little bit here. Uh, we can get into golf in general, but one of the things I find. Uh, Most interesting about golf to me. Uh, We just spent maybe an hour at the driving range. We hit maybe about 100 100 some odd balls between the three of us. Sure. I had a great time. It was a lot of fun. It was a blast. I have a hard time appreciating golf on television. And I don't know if one of you two wants to. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Steve, maybe you want to take first crack in this. What do you think the issue is with translation to uh, real life to television for golf? It's gotten Better in the past
3: five years, but people's opinions haven't caught up with the fact that they're doing more interesting things now. There's, there, they, you know, it escapes me which course step, but there's a par three where they have sixteen thousand people that line the course, and it's the or line the hole, and it's the only hole in golf mm. where you are fully encouraged to make all the noise you want. Mm. And, you know, I think it started with Tiger Woods way, way back where people thought he was just ruining the game by celebrating on the green
1: which I mean I think I, I think specifically for me because I'm in the same boat as Sam I have a tough time uh golf is fine I don't really golf much I you know when we were going to the driving range I wasn't really into it then I got there I'm like I forgot how much I like this I don't play a ton of actual golf cuz I'm not very good and it's one of those things where like I could get better, but like I don't have my own clubs. I'm very tall, so I'd have to buy like special clubs that are expensive. And I think golf doesn't translate on TV for me a whole bunch just because I'm not used to being out there in game situations. Like when I go out and I see where the ball is, how it lies, how far it is, that doesn't really have a ton of context for me for what that guy's doing. So mm. I don't think I have as much interest. Whereas, Steve, a guy like you, you play a lot of golf, you enjoy golf, you're pretty good. When you're out there and you see that, you know, a Tiger Woods, Rory McElroy is you know, this far away from the hole on a par four lion at this kind of angle, that means something. And so you probably get more interest out of it than somebody who doesn't play. Does that make sense? It makes sense. It's more of the intricacies that I tend to
3: find appealing in the, uh, uh, the backspin on the ball. You now, su- stupid stuff like that, but it doesn't translate to TV well for the same reason that hockey doesn't.
0: It's a small thing that you have to keep track of. I'm glad adults. you brought that up, actually, because I think that there have been few sports that have benefited from the addition of high definition television cameras uh, Absolutely. more than golf. The only one I can think of is hockey, because for years hockey was hard to watch on television. I still
1: can't really yes. see the puck when no, I watch. Hockey, I always had have a hard time. time it. It. They had the tracer right. on, the, on the puck for
0: a uh, while. Let me take. A, I have a hot take on Tiger Woods here, so let me let me take this for a moment. Um, now, I grew up in the age range where Tiger Woods was the coolest possible golfer he was when i was in high school he was the guy who made golf interesting again in an era when golf was really an old oh, man's.
1: Yeah. he was sport. almost the coolest possible possible athlete thing. i think there's no question that tiger woods is a lot of the reason that you see so many people we're all about 30 give or take one of the reasons you see so many people in our age range picking up golf from such a young age i think is because of that tiger woods influence mm-hmm. I think, it t- I think it ties into the Michael Jordan thing, and I always think about this.
0: Michael Jordan was considered the greatest basketball player of all time for years. Uh, the argument's still out there, obviously. Uh... But I do think that in the 10 years, the 15 years following Jordan's peak as the best basketball player on the planet, there were a generation of young kids who watched this guy play and said, I want to do what Mike does. I want to be the guy who plays like Michael Jordan. I think to a certain extent, Tiger Woods did that for golf. You look at the players who are out there on the PGA right now, your Bubba Watson, your Justin Johnson's. Uh, your Rory McIlroys. These guys all watch Tiger.
1: They play just like Tiger there's, did. There's a lot of credence to that, and I think that's one of the reasons you see you talk about a lot of these guys who are out on the course, and you look at a lot the Rory McIlroys, the Jordan Spieths, these dudes, they're a lot younger than the average PGA guy was like years ago when I remember mm. my dad watching golf. They're, that's what I'm saying. There's a reason there's these dudes who are 26 and professionals because they've been playing since they were 10 because of Tiger. It became appealing when there
3: was a generational change from when you had people like Davis Love III, who sounds like a butler, <laughs> <laughs> Tiger Woods, who sounds his name is Tiger. And that's, you know, then, you may... and, and Coincidentally, also the same person, to Sam's point, you don't have like a, like, almost like a head figure for the sport, no. Babe Ruth of baseball. Tiger Woods was that person
1: and easily. Period. You said something that made me think of a good point. You know, you're like, the guy's name is Tiger Woods. That's a really marketable name. Mm-hmm. Like, having that nickname, like, Tiger Woods, it's not like, you know, oh, the world's best golfer, Andre Kirilenko. Yeah. Like, well, Tiger Adam Woods Scott. rolls it, off, Tiger's really easy. I think that was a big help to him, mm-hmm. is having such a brandable name, probably. That, and that helped the popularity of that, too, because, I mean, obviously, that's where people run. And
0: mm, there you go. I And here's the thing, and I think it still carries over with me. When I'm watching golf, today like when i watched the u.s open last week i kept thinking to myself i'd be much more interested in this tournament if tiger woods was playing right and that's a stupid thing to say in today's era of golf because he's not even in the top 50 golfers in the world right now i bet but i still have that mystique of wishing he was out there doing his thing
1: i think that that's something similar you know we we talked about the yankees in the last Mm segment a little bit and I think that's similar to the way that, like, I would care about watching the Yankees more if, like, Jeter and Mariano Rivera was still out there. Same thing, like, golf, there might be guys who are better, different, whatever, playing, but, like, Tiger Woods is your first love. Tiger Woods is that guy you want to see out there prospering because he's the name you associate with enjoying watching golf. The the difference between
3: him now and him then, though, would make... He was the best golfer ever, I mean... The guy did things that, he would shape shots around holes that would seem physically impossible. It's like, hook the ball around a tree 20 yards Mm. and
0: end up, it... It's almost like he's doing magic on that ball. Let me ask you guys this. Uh, Right now, today, is Tiger Woods the best golfer you've ever seen play?
1: I've ever seen, personally, yeah, but he's the one I was alive for. I wasn't there when Jack Nicklaus was stunting in like the Mm. 70s or whenever he was doing his thing. Sure. He's still the best I've ever seen consistently for a long time. Tiger made shots,
3: and there's almost specific ones that I think it was at the U.S. Open. He made a putt that was almost physically impossible. It was like a ninety-degree turn. I remember that one. I remember watching. The the
1: announcer goes, "Like, have you ever seen anything like that in your life?" No. I remember that was one of the few times that Steve, you came to me and you were like, "Dude, you have to see this putt," and like showed it it's to me. It's physically it, like the second I saw you one day. I have a question for you. That's guys. why it breaks
3: my heart that Tiger Woods is like it. genuine genuinely that was my hero. Exactly.
1: And that leads into my question: Have you guys ever seen uh, a larger falling off for an athlete? Like a guy would go from so far to the top of his sport as far down as he's fallen? Has anybody ever fallen mm. from grace that hard? There might be guys who have fallen from grace like further than he has, but like from the echelons that he reached. My first
0: thought was I can't think of anybody. My first thought was Penny Penny Hardaway. Hardaway. Now
1: he's. Never. Yeah, but Penny was never Tiger.
0: He was never scandalous, though. He just seemed to fall off because of the injuries. He was also uh, never as good as, like, he was no, never right, as high in right. his sport as Tiger.
3: Uh, Tiger was what, LeBron. Tiger, he was Michael. Tiger won the U.S. Open one
0: time. I, I always have this weird connection in my head. I think about this all the time. Between Tiger Woods and Tim Lincecum. Remember Tim Lincecum? Pigeon yeah, yeah, The Giants? Yeah. Yep. Uh, Tim Lincecum and Tiger Woods, specifically, had motions in their game that were... Uh, led to degradation in the way that they played the game going forward. Mm -hmm. Tiger put so much pressure on his left knee, I guess it would be. Was he lefty or righty? I don't remember. Whatever his front knee was. It's when he shifted his weight. yeah. Yeah, yeah, He would put so much torque on that knee that the more he kept... He couldn't not do it. That's how he played the game. But the more and more he did it, the worse and worse his knee became.
1: You see a lot of that with pitchers. Yeah. Tim
0: uh, Tim Lincecum, similarly, he had that very strange setup, that Mm -hmm. over-the-top, really unnatural pitching motion, and he had three or four years when he was a Cy Young candidate, and all of a sudden, the injuries come because you're not meant to throw a ball that way. You're not meant to swing a club that way. Your
1: arm and elbow are not meant to move that way. Your knee's not meant to take that kind of pressure at that level of torque. It's... Mm. It's true. It's one of those things where you can see, you mm-hmm. know, uh, a shelf life on them. But the crazy thing about Tiger is that Tiger was the best for like. It's not like Tiger was amazing for four years. Tiger was the best for like a decade, it, yeah, it, maybe longer. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like well, it's just it's crazy to see somebody fall that far. I don't think I can't think of an example in sports. Maybe one of our listeners, if we get any listeners to this inaugural episode, can can prove me wrong. I don't think I've ever seen anybody fall from that high to that low in the course of professional sports. Yeah, yeah. there was there was a. I think the two biggest things, as I was, what I mentioned
3: before, was his father died. Yep, and that was, mm-hmm. it, you know, t- do par- or do people benefit from having a parent who pushes them that hard? If the parent yes actually, and no. it, it, yes and no, it depends on how loving the parent is.
1: Well, and it's not even just it's that. that it, 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 he had a good. It's not even just that his dad wasn't there to still, like, drive him and push him, but at a point, like, golf, I would argue that golf yeah. is probably a little bit more psychological oh, than the most,
2: psychological, almost yeah, any yeah. sport,
1: right? So, like, you get your head just off, yourself. and he's got, so he goes through losing his dad, who from bio accounts is his mentor, his champion, his fucking beacon his whole life, and he had the whole crazy divorce, and media, and paparazzi, and all that, and on top of having some recurring injuries, it'd be tough for anybody to go through that, you know what I mean? He's no Kobe. <laughs>
0: Guys, let's close up. <laughs> he lost his whole family. He lost everything.
3: That's, I mean... Th- Except for his money. That's, and the women. You know, and, and You know what I mean? So where do you you, know,
0: you... you end where you started. Guys, let's close this up today with a theoretical question. Uh, and it pertains to golf, but uh, I think we'll probably get off topic here. Is golf the
1: best sport to go pro in? Okay, let's start with you on this one. Um... Uh... I get what you're saying because most people golf on their time off and these guys do it for a living going pro. And if you can be at the top making the money, yeah. But like by that same token... I'm not going to say specifically the NBA is, but the the minimum salary in the NBA is something like $975,000 a year. Mm-hmm. Sure. I feel like there's guys in golf who are technically professionals who aren't making close to that kind of money. Yeah, for sure. Golf, if you're upper echelon at golf, yeah, that seems like the coolest, but I still think it would be great to be like a dominant relief pitcher. Mm-hmm. That seems like more fun than almost any of them.
0: I st- here's my here's my hot take on this, right? The only thing that interests me in golf is the ability to continue making money for decades right if you're an nba player oh, that, what's, what's you know your what top end?
1: that's a really good point because your career lasts a lot that's longer. right it's not so, like you have to retire at 37 like no, a you basketball can, player you can play in the senior pga tour for that's another 20 years point. afterwards you just keep making that money constantly our buddy sellout steve used to tell me when he got really like, he started playing golf heavily like five or six years He's shaking ago. shaking his head in the studio i though. think i know what you're gonna say and i think i still mean it he but, knows where i'm going he was like you know what man I like, because th- this is the thing, like, Steve is pretty good at golf, and if Steve were to really spend a lot of time golfing, he would get even better, and he was like, you know what, man, it's probably too late for me for the PGA, but I figure that if I just, like, practice really hard for the next 25 years while I'm, like, doing my thing and working, maybe I can make the senior PGA, and that's, th- my retirement plan is to make the senior <laughs> PGA. <laughs> Their job is to do what people
3: plan to do during retirement. <laughs> Tiger Woods was the richest athlete in the world for being great at retiring. So, Steve, call it right now. You're going to make the senior PGA or not? Oh, God, I hope.
1: <laughs> I can't stress that um, enough.
3: I hope the emotion came across
0: in that. I mean that. I don't want to do anything with golf. Folks, we took a lot of good video from our uh, trip to the driving range, so I'll try and cut together some video package for all you. So you can watch the lads out there doing our thing, hitting moonshots deep. Uh, Deep to the right. In hard slow
3: motion that we're not sure (laughs) if we can take
0: off. Yeah, we're still working on it. Uh, Folks, thanks for joining us for the first inaugural episode of 4- the lads. We'll be back at some point in time soon. Don't exactly know when yet, but hopefully soon, next couple weeks. Yeah,
1: anybody who tuned in, we appreciate it. We're still, uh, this is kind of a test run for us. We're still tweaking with the format, the layout, Mm -hmm. working out some bugs and things, what it's gonna be. But, um, those of us who followed over from the Udicast, we appreciate it. Anybody who's new, uh, we hope you stick with us. We're gonna get the format together. We're gonna be bringing on all sorts of different people all the time to talk about different subjects. If you think you're an expert in a subject and wanna let us know, reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Love to have you on the show. It's gonna be a but more collaborative than perhaps sure. our sister show that you Looking Unicast. for
0: Looking for correspondence in all sports. You think you got hockey. an interest, hockey specifically. Hockey. hockey. Uh, if you got a baseball guy, I'm always looking for non Yankees baseball correspondents. If you
1: really care about the NFL, that'd be good because we so only so sort of will yeah. cynically
0: cover the NFL. Uh, again, folks, follow us on Twitter, FTL Sports. Send us a mailbag question at ftlmailbag.com. I'm oh, sorry, ftlmailbag at gmail.com. I want to thank Andy Sullivan for coming in today, doing excellent work for the NBA conversation and with the Yanks. I want to thank our buddy, Settle Out Steve, for coming in, talking golf, playing around with us. Tiger Woods, the world forgives you. Please just shape up. <laughs> <laughs> for Kevin Sullivan, my name is Sam Familaro. Remember, boys, Sunday is for your pals. I'm sorry, I screwed it oh, up Oh, so backwards ah, on the first up. episode. Oh. You said
1: that a hundred times today, and now it's the moment of truth, and I'm going to keep talking so you can't edit it. Oh, one One more time, Sam. We're going to count to three, and I want you to hit Dude, it from the top. Dude, just fell off the table. Can we take it from the top? Here, take it from the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> just go All right, ready? Can I, can right I count down. it off? <laughs> one, two, three. Saturday
0: may be for the boys, but Sunday is for the
1: lads. You said it weird, but you got it done, so that's our. <laughs> Are we just New Day clapping on the show we yeah. know There we go. It's not lagging.